No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for joining us. Thursday night edition, Daily Boogie Podcast. How are you? How have you been? Been good? Have a good day? It's good. I'm glad you had a good day. <laughs> it's been a fun day here. You should. That's one way of putting it. Got lots of stuff to get into. Thank you for joining us. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Normally I have something. Normally I can think of something to say. Maybe... Maybe today, because we're, you know, just get right into it, I guess. No time for pleasantries, ladies and gentlemen. Just uh, loosen up, uh, do your best, and think of the flag. (laughs) That's a good one. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, If you'd like to follow on Twitter, at Boogie Bumper, ladies and gentlemen. If you'd like to share the show out, you could do that. You don't have to. There's no pressure on you. No one's got a gun to your head. Thank you for joining us Thursday night. Don't forget later on, follow some of our friends and stuff like that too. So yeah, it's like week five, week six of lockdown here at the moment in Sydney. And the beautiful thing about this is for me, it just shows what great community spirit there is because first there was Sydney and then Melbourne and then Adelaide joined in the party as well. So everyone's coming with us. It just shows maybe because the Olympics are on or something. So all the other cities said, you know what? We see them throwing the big brakes on the on the fucking moving train, derailing carriages, and we thought, you know what, we'll have some of that. That looks fucking good. So they're starting to fall in because, of course, whatever Sydney does, everybody else in Australia complains that Sydney has way too much influence because really nobody gives a fuck about it anywhere else. So whatever Sydney does, everyone else kind of has to do too because it is what it is. I don't make the rules. Speaking of Sydney... An internet story for you. An influencer story. A local influencer story. Influencers throwback holiday photo sparks police complaint. Yes. I think what we're going to have to get out of this, this being like the fourth, and it's probably going to be the final edition of the lockdown affairs for the for the time being, anyway. Um, Happy Victor underscore von underscore shroom tipped five dollars. No pleasantries, you say? Glad <laughs> you're back, boogs. Thanks, mate. You haven't even got. I haven't even got a roll on yet. You haven't even let me get a start. <laughs> what are you doing to me, mate? Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Shroom. Oh, these guys. I love it. Thank you. I very much appreciate it. <laughs> Fun story for you, though. Um, the original guys who do that song, like, even if I've played that song for, like, three seconds or four, I know it doesn't matter, like, don't get me wrong, but, like, I've just been slowly and steadily getting, you know, retroactive um, copyright, which is fine. Like I said on I said on the show openly, look, I'll play, I'll press play because I think you deserve the money for that song. So, you know, these videos get are lucky to get 100 views. 
So you, you're going to be making like fractions of a cent that I'm really not going to miss. Like I, I'll barely bend down to pick up 50 cents. You know, it's kind of like, eh, is it worth it? <laughs> I'm just going to keep strolling down the road because that's how I roll. So if you, if you want to take like the three cents or the, it wouldn't even be three cents. It wouldn't even be that much. But every, like every few days I get another one ping and I look and it's like an episode from six months ago. And I'm like, wow, these guys are vigilant. So, <laughs> I mean, good luck to it. Like I said, have at it, boys. It's your money, so you you deserve it. You can take it. And for every fraction of a cent that you earn by pouring through hours of this stuff to earn it, I, again, kudos to you. It shows that great uh, German working spirit and efficiency that we we all know and love. So I really couldn't be happier. And thank you for the tip, Victor. Sydney Influencer. So this is a fun one. Um, influencers, are, I, from what I can gather, mostly females who kind of get paid to do lipstick live lipstick reads and you know wear handbags and shops and take pictures and do selfies and stuff like that it's a different universe to the one i occupy but nonetheless a bondi based influencer had two police officers rock up to her home to check she was in after a photo of her in jarvis bay quote <laughs> love i love this stuff quote raised suspicions <laughs> Implying, of course, that there were already suspicions there. So for some reason, this influencer from Sydney, uh, people are suspicious of her. And when she posted a, a holiday video, a, a holiday photo from Jarvis Bay, which is nowhere near Sydney, it's kilometres away. Um, <laughs> some concerned citizens, ladies and gentlemen. Don't, aren't you just so fucking happy that there are so many concerned citizens around who are you know, doing their best to protect everybody, keep them safe? A Sydney influencer has shared her shock after two police officers showed up at her front door following multiple multiple complaints that she was on holidays. <laughs> Dominique Alyssa lives in Bondi, a suburb currently under New South Wales's stay-at-home order, which only allows people to leave home for four reasons and travel as far as 10 kilometres to exercise. That's your boundary. That's your allowed... That's your allowed wandering space. That's your, your allowed strolling distance. 10 kilometers maximum. And then you better... <laughs> Hightail it back double time. Because you only get maybe a couple of hours to exercise as well. So you must be vigilant. The 26-year-old model shared a throwback photo on Thursday from a previous trip to Jarvis Bay that appears to have, quote, angered social media users. They'll get angry about anything, though, won't they, really? So, don't you think, you know, they, they, they really do get upset at pretty much anything. You could, I think you could almost have any opinion in the world, not even on something, you know, dull, like, I don't know, do you prefer apple pie or apple crumble? And they'll, it'll end up descending into death threats now on the internet. People are crazy. So let's not care too much, right? Who wrongly believes she'd escaped Sydney during lockdown. I mean, if she earns money by having people watch her, like I said, you know, I don't know what she does, do stuff with handbags, lipstick, whatever, good luck to her, I don't care. Um, as you can see here, she's obviously qualified to be an influencer, apparently. Dominique went on to complain that she'd been sharing videos, uh, explain, pardon me, of her daily walks and her outdoor walks at home in her home suburb and was so confused as to how anyone had suspected she had dropped out of town.
but thank those who complained for, quote, their concerns. It's very, it's a nice touch. Thank you for your concerns, guys. So there you have it. Police now showing up to, you know, TikTok users' houses because somebody else on the internet saw a photo and then called the police and said, I don't think she's at home. She's breaking COVID rules. Go get her. (laughs) Which, like I said, it's reassuring to know that there are so many concerned people out there, obviously. Let me show you this, because this is pretty fresh. Like I said, Adelaide is now the third city who's joining in in the lockdown party. Um, Nicole Flint tweeted this out. She's a politician elected in the, yeah, I think it's an Adelaide, like you would say a congressional district, but it's in the same state. It might be Adelaide, I don't know. Uh, She wrote, I'm sorry, this is completely unacceptable, yada, yada, yada. The advertiser is the paper in Adelaide, one of them. Uh, Everyone from super spreader sites being put in Medi hotels. Okay. Now, the politician's complaint here is that it's completely unacceptable, her words, why can't people self-isolate at home? So uh, apparently particular people who have gone to this particular venue are now being forced to leave their homes and go to what is called a Medi Hotel, which I can only imagine is, you know, very well stocked and well staffed and probably well guarded as well. Which, again, is very reassuring to know that we're being kept so safe. Um, And, yeah, obviously, the obvious restrictions, can't go here, can't go there, that that speaks for itself. So here's a quick little update for you from the great city of Adelaide. Now, you have to bear in mind, so Sydney is about 5.2 million people. Adelaide is like 1.3 or something like that. So it's quite a deal smaller than what we've been watching for the rest of the weeks. Good evening. We begin with breaking news and South Australia's COVID crisis has dramatically escalated with the Modbury cluster doubling in size to 12 cases. Double clusters. Six are linked to a winery Double north cluster, of Adelaide. Bob. A seventh Doomed. is a child infected at the Greek on Halifax. Mm. Agola College has also been declared an exposure site. Yep. There have been heated scenes at testing. What, what do you guys know about the exposure site thing? Do you have them in the States? Do they talk about exposure sites in the States? I'm sure they probably do. I think that's pretty common vernacular, isn't it? So, you know, if if a particular, if a COVID event, let's say, happens to pop up on the radar of a particular venue, then that particular venue then becomes what's known as a, what was it again? What was, what's the term they use for a place? Which has also been declared an exposure site. An exposure site, okay. So, And then this exposure site, what happens then is it goes on a list and this list is published. And I think you might find this interesting if I can find it again because there's so much to get through here. Now, remembering that uh, Adelaide is, you know, almost four times smaller than Sydney, here's the list of exposure sites in Adelaide as it stands at the moment. And these are also businesses, right? So let's just say this scenario happens. You happen to run a restaurant or something, and then somebody who has COVID comes into your restaurant. Sorry, I've got the wrong screen on. There you go. Somebody who has COVID comes into your restaurant, sits down, has a meal, has a couple of drinks, yada, yada, Um, you know, might interact with a couple of people. And then next thing you know, like two or three people get it from them. Well, or at least test positive, they might not have symptoms or whatever. So what happens at that point is like, you know, the health authorities will step in and this 
this business could be declared what's known as an exposure site. And then you go on this list and and things obviously get very difficult from there. So, and bearing in mind, like I said, that how much smaller Adelaide is from Sydney, here's the list and I'll just scroll through it to give you an idea of how many places find themselves on this exposure site list. There you go. These are shopping centres, um, a McDonald's, a Woolworths, a gym, um, a chemist, I'm just a Hungry Jack's, a school. So that's that's what happens if you get to, if you if you end up getting declared an exposure site by the particular health authority. So you know you can see obviously here they've been busy, right? There's been a number of exposure sites. Um, which has then led to this, where uh, a super spreader event, which is apparently, you know, an extra super special exposure site, and maybe it's got double hit points or something, I don't know. But these super spreader events now come into play, and a couple of particular venues have now been declared super spreader events, and the people who have been at these venues are I now being sent to... That's the influencer are now being sent to the health authorities and these people are now being removed from their homes and put into what's known as a Medi Hotel, which again, it's probably top of the line, best care possible, et cetera, et cetera. And well, very well guarded, I imagine. <laughs> so let's get back to our video here. There have been heated scenes at testing clinics with thousands forced to wait more than 12 hours so the army's been called in to help. It's almost like, you know, I just love it when things present themselves. You know, it's almost like a, a you know, a chaotic situation was created and then we just had the solution just sitting right here. Like, oh my God, I found an army under a couch cushion and we could just roll it out. Oh, wow. I didn't know we could do that. Yeah, we can pretty much do whatever we want. <laughs> we are the government. We can pretty much call the shots. So, yeah, let's get them out there. <laughs> and uh, citizens forced to queue up for 12 hours to get, um, a, you know, a test positive or negative either way, which is... Incredible. I can't I can't imagine what nightmares will haunt the people who were forced to sit in their car for twelve hours to get a COVID test. I can't imagine the sleepless nights they have ahead of them, probably for the rest of their life. What an absolute nightmare. Imagine twelve hours going, you know, <laughs> not not even walking pace. You know, a drunken crawling pace. Even not even that. Twelve hours. God, what a nightmare. Millions in relief payments have been announced Good. for COVID. Hey, don't worry, we got the money right here. The thing about the relief payments is, though, it's it's kind of like, well, it's not kind of like, it is. The situation is uh, the government says, all right, everybody's got to close. And you're like, okay, well, there's not much I can do about that. And I've lost a whole lot of money. And then the government then comes to you and says, look, don't worry, we've got your back. Here's a fraction of what you would have earned. And we go, oh, thank you very much for that. That's going to help. <laughs> Thanks for chipping in. 
Uh, can you tell us anytime soon when I might be able to, you know, open my business again? No, no, sorry. Got to follow the science on that one, I'm afraid. All oh, right, yeah. Well, you know, you've got to keep people safe, right? Yes, that's right. Anyway, so I better go. I've got to start sewing the holes in my son's socks back together. Looks like we're going to have to get a couple more years out of them yet. Yep, yep. Yeah, I've got to hit the golf course. <laughs> See ya. Bop, bop. Hit businesses while the city and suburbs resemble ghost towns ghost as towns. South Australians prepare to spend a second night in lockdown. First to Elspeth Hussey at Tom's Court Hotel and Elle, we've just learned details about those six new cases. Six, count them. We have Jane. Six cases. Huh? Nothing to sniff at. Six cases, breaking news. Police escort. Now she caught the Delta strain at a winery. Here you go. Six new cases. Check this out. They are very concerned that we're now dealing with not one, but two super spreader events two. to this cluster. Double. Now, as cases started to surge today, seven news cameras were here at Tom's Court Hotel as one patient uh, arrived here in an ambulance under a police escort. <laughs> okay, arrived here. It appears very suddenly. Uh, you know, in an ambulance. Uh, ambulance. Yeah. In an ambulance under police escort, which must be fun. Hearing the sirens going. This is fun. Now, she caught the Delta strain at a winery on Sunday afternoon. Okay. Seven News also understands she was asymptomatic and only got tested when she received an alert. There are Good, isn't it? <laughs> Told you it was going to be good. Fucker. Mm. Didn't even know. No symptoms, nothing. She just happened to go like to a winery for lunch or something. Next thing you know, you're, you're whisk, whisked away in the ambulance police escort into a Medi hotel where you must now isolate for a couple of weeks, get tested. Didn't even know she had it. <laughs> um, conveniently, I think somebody, because you might be sitting there thinking, well, how is this possible? Well, conveniently, somebody tweeted a link to this article from late 2020. I'm going to say November 2020. Uh, sorry, August 2020. State of emergency powers are in force across Australia to combat coronavirus. Here's how they are being used across the country. And when I read that headline, I thought to myself, well, how often do they update us on the current uh, crisis, you know, situation? Y you know what I mean? Like, if, if we're currently, do they give us updates on we're extending the state of emergency or do they just go, no, they pretty much get what we're doing, you know? Or if, if we do get updates, is it just the kind of thing that nobody really cares about so nobody pays attention? I don't know. But anyway, uh, so they tweeted this out, this very convenient little link here, because it goes through all the different states and what they can do during a coronavirus state of emergency. So I saw that and I thought, well, let's have a look at South Australia, which is the state this video is referring to. And this poor lady who's just, just went out for lunch one day and then <laughs> she doesn't come home for two weeks. Um, <laughs> South Australian authorities can use any force. <laughs> Sorry. 
again, I'm not laughing at the lady's predicament. I, it, it horrifies me. And it's it's kind of the horror of it which is making me laugh, not her predicament, if that makes sense. Just the sheer fact that we can just, we're just talking about it now. Like it's, yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I don't know what to say anymore. South Australia also has broad powers under its major emergency declaration, which has been recently extended. Oh, there you go. There's the reporting. <laughs> Until September 19. Authorised officers can, quote, break into any land building structure or vehicle using whatever force necessary, direct or prohibit the movement of people, animals or vehicles, put people in quarantine, order people to undergo medical exams, tests or treatment, compel people to give information. That sounds ominous, doesn't it? Like, I'm, you know... I, I seem to recall, you know, Senate hearings and stuff on the, you know, on the on the idea of compel people to give information. That's a very broad way of saying something. <laughs> Whatever it is, I don't. It doesn't sound positive. Um, this one was of particular interest, I think. Uh, order people to undergo medical exams, tests, or treatment treatment just kind of thrown in there at the end there um because for the first two it's not as offensive as you think because it's already been happening for so long so a medical you can be forced to take a medical exam before you go for a job for example and that's pretty much accepted now do you agree to go for a physical or something especially if you're doing physical work um tests you know a lot of people work in jobs now where you have to you know have drug tests or just random tests and stuff like that it's accepted in some areas, it's not accepted in others, but, you know, regardless of whether you like it or not, or whether I like it or not, these jobs and these situations are out there. But the third one, definitely, and the way it's just kind of thrown in with the other two, I'm like, whoa, hang on a minute, really? Is that the, is that the deal? Uh, order people to undergo medical exams, check, test, check, or treatment. Um, treatment. Because I, I would have thought, and I could be way off here. I mean, I'm no doctor, okay? I just want to stress that. I want to make that perfectly clear. I'm no doctor. But uh, I would have thought that treatment would be something that, you know, has to be 100% at least consensual, you know? As in, if I don't consent to treatment, you can't just say, well, I think it's for the best and go, you know? <laughs> doctor, I really don't want to be taking this medication. It makes me feel sick. Well, I don't care what you want. <laughs> I'm forcing it, you know, it's not really, it, it can't be that kind of relationship between a, a you know, a patient and their physician. It just can't. It, the whole system would collapse. <laughs> so the idea that, you know, this is, this is an emergency here. We're dealing with an emergency. So uh, apparently, and this is the ABC, this isn't some far right wing website or anything. Uh, this is, you know, the Australian taxpayer funded media corporation. So, yeah, I assume they know what they're doing. <laughs> Order people to undergo medical exams, tests, or treatment. It's just there, right there. So, yeah. So, that's what's happening in Adelaide, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I'll tell you what. I would like to uh, show you. Because we get to... Okay, this this lovely lady here. Now, the only reason I'm bringing this up... This is, I, I'm just, <laughs> this is mainly for our American brothers and sisters, where... Because uh, you might not know uh, this lady, and I'm sure she's very nice.
but she is starting to get together a little bit of like a greatest hits situation happening. <laughs> You'll see what I mean. Um, so first we'll just introduce her and she's, she's very nice. In her eighties. Uh, well, I would say that both. This is Professor Nicola Spurrier or Spurrier. She is the number one chief public health officer in South Australia, okay? In the state, she's the top gun. So obviously, she's like your Fauci, right? But just at state level. She's a state Fauci. <laughs> now, she, you know, I'm, I'm sure she doesn't like this part of her job. Don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, every time there's a there's a you know, a little alert or something or somebody tests positive or something else happened, whatever it is, uh, she, of course, has to come out and talk to the media and talk about cases and all that kind of stuff. So check this out. Both the Greek on Halifax and um, this winery are example events. And yes, it is very serious. Uh, in fact, we go... Okay, yes, it is very serious, okay? Very serious. Right. Now... The rest of Australia, because because this is happening in Adelaide and South Australia, um, it doesn't get out as much. So the rest of Australia, I think, came to know uh, Professor Spurrier by this, which was from about six or seven weeks ago. Now, she's doing a press conference and she's talking about, you know, do people get exemptions to be able to come into the state when there's a lockdown and whatnot? And she says, yes. And, and then they begin talking about a football game, which is happening on the weekend where a team from Melbourne, Collingwood, is going to play the team in Adelaide, the Crows. And the reporter asked, well, what about, you know, what are we doing about the crowds and can we have that many people in a stadium together? It's that kind of a question, right? Wait till you hear this. Slightly serious with the diamond. Love your back. Would love to collab sometime. Okay. I don't, I don't know what you do. <laughs> Thank you for the diamond, but I don't know what you do, so... I can't say yes. Could be anything. Last time I said yes to something like that, I ended up in an Eastern European porn. So. And I told myself I'd never do that again. You know, not for the right amount, of, not for the wrong amount of money anyway. Never again for nothing. Anyway, <laughs> thank you, sir. Thank you for the tip. Um, so she's asked this question about the football and this is the response she gives. Have a listen to this. Members of the other uh, team. Professor, there's um, uh, following on from that, at, at football grounds, and particularly at the Oval, fans can actually reach over and touch the players as they come in and out. And um, She's paying attention, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. She looks like, wow, looks like she's really listening to your question there, doesn't it? Look, look, look at that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think she's really paying attention, mate, to be honest with you. But let's give her a chance. You never know. Let's, <laughs> she just might, she might be just that good, you know, that sharp, that quick, that she can, she's still listening, but her brain is just so high powered and super focused. It can just do many things at once. That could be it. Not being considered as double standard. Professor, how is this not double standard? Well, all I can say is anybody can apply for an exemption. And as I... And most people no, because don't there's actually um, uh, little risk because the exemption to come into the state uh, team. Professor, Here we go. Here we go. 
uh, following on from that, at, at football grounds, and particularly at the Oval, fans can actually reach over and touch the players as they come in and out. Uh, can touch the players coming in and out, and they're obviously the the, the seats around the, the ground. Yeah. Are there any going to be any restrictions or any any rules on fans right down at ground level? Yeah. So we're working with Adelaide Oval at the moment because okay. we cannot have any um, interaction at all. No. We're looking at the seating. We're we're working with the stadium. We're working with them. That's another. That's you know that's a government way of saying we're going in there and telling them what to do, right? <laughs> because. You, you know, they go in there with a whole bunch of like restrictions and stuff, and they say, "Okay, here's what we want you to do." We're working with them. That's you know, they walk in and they say, "Do this, otherwise we're not letting you do anything." Everyone goes, "Okay, okay." At the moment, and of course, we're looking at the ball because sometimes the ball. Is, not that I've been to many football games. I have. Oh, it's stuck. <laughs> No, I mean, not that I've been to many football games. Like, <laughs> oh, good way to what a what a what a genius way to start answering a question about a football game by saying, "Well, first of all, I don't go to many football games, but here's what we're gonna do." <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, that sounds good. And you know, I would just make the point again that I made yesterday before we even go any further that. Again, she's probably a very, a brilliant doctor. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> I, I'll assume that she is a brilliant doctor. But just because she's a brilliant doctor doesn't mean that she's necessarily, you know, good at running society. Right? Fans right down at ground level? Yeah, so we're working with Adelaide Oval at the moment because we cannot have any um, interaction at all. We're looking at the seating at the moment and of course we're looking at the ball because sometimes the ball, as not that I've been to many football games, I have noticed say. occasionally it does get kicked into the crowd. Yes, occasionally And uh, it does, we yeah. are uh, working through the details of what that will mean. If ah. you are at um, Adelaide Oval and yep. the ball comes towards you, yeah. my um, advice to you is to duck and just do not touch that ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh which is precisely like the worst thing to do because if you don't catch it right the that the person behind you can't see it coming if you've got your arms up in the air that's the worst thing to do is like duck out of the way at the last second because then the person behind you just fucking wears it in the face you know what I mean so not that I've been to many, many games of football, but my advice to you, <laughs> why are you advising people of what, at what to do at the football? See, you see my point here? I'm not trying to be harsh by saying what I said. Like, I'm, I'm genuinely saying she's probably a brilliant fucking doctor. But just because she is doesn't mean that it's, it's okay to just kind of go around kind of on the back of the envelope just making new rules on the fly. I don't think that's a good idea. Because really, the kind of the doctor-patient uh, relationship is again supposed to be consensual. It's not, you know, your jurisdiction as a doctor generally ends at the door to your surgery. If I and I can walk out of that door and I can say, you know what, for, I'm no, I'm going to keep drinking as much as I want. I'm going to keep smoking. I'm going to keep eating red meat. People do it every day. That's generally the the relationship. But now it's kind of like, well, no, I'm I'm your health care professional. 
and I'm telling you, you're not to go outside anymore. What? <laughs> this is for your own protection. I mean, there have been sci-fi movies that have followed that plot line. You know, it could be the killer robots head out onto the street and start pointing guns at you and saying, please return to your homes. This is for your protection. <laughs> right? All we have to do is start, you know, turning these... All we have to do is start making the robotic politicians more lifelike and then they'll pass for robots in the move. So, let me show you this one. Now, this... What you're about to see here is a bit of a press conference. And the person asking the questions is a guy named Chris Kenny. Now, I've seen uh, Royce play Chris Kenny a couple of times on ROTC. He's, he's not like the Australian Tucker, I don't think. He's a bit more boomerish and a bit more neo-conny, but it's he's okay, you know? He's not offensive or anything. It's just like, eh, he's okay. But he does have his kind of Tuckerish moments, which are fun. Uh, so here he is asking, um, you know, the football fan, <laughs> Professor Football fan over here, Professor Crows, let's go to Crows, mate. Um, here she is answering a question he's asking about, like, do you think, because the, these numbers are, you know, getting thrown around like so much advice at a football game, you know, stuff like, do you think 80% vaccination rate will be enough for us to stop having lockdowns? And these are the kinds of, conversation strains that are funneling through media and stuff at the moment okay um so she's asked a question along those lines and have a look at this i i, I get the feeling you may get this feeling too i don't think she likes being asked questions <laughs> i don't see if you can pick it up it may not be as obvious as the umbrella tomfoolery simply because she's inside and it's not raining so it's going to be harder to tell you know, have a look. Tell me what you think. So, Professor, on vaccinations, you seem to endorse the 80% adult population threshold for reducing the COVID alarm that Gladys Berejiklian gave yesterday. Doesn't that seem unreasonably high, given that no country's got to that level? We may not ever get to that level. And also because of the very mild health threat the disease poses to anyone outside those vulnerable groups. Okay. Look, I... I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty straightforward kind of question it's a it's a it's a complex question but it's a it's one it's fired true you know what i mean straight and true on target and <laughs> let's let's see what she's got you know let's see how how quick she is on her feet with stuff like that groups Look, I, I really I'm just find it quite surprising to be at a press conference and have somebody uh, suggest that there are very minor consequences to COVID-19. We still have... <laughs> as, as soon as you hear the word suggest thrown in, when somebody says suggest in this kind of scenario, it's the same thing as saying, just hang on a moment while I build this straw man, okay? Would you mind just waiting for a moment while I create a whole nother version of reality where you're the, you know, you're the, you're the bad guy here? Is that, would that be okay with you? Just, just hang tight. Grab a coffee. <laughs> so I, I just, I'm beside myself. I can't believe that you would sit here and suggest. Why well, did he, he didn't suggest anything. He asked a question. There is a difference. Um, you know, but. When you don't like answering questions, or perhaps when questions might be too difficult, 
I can imagine one using something like, well, you appear to be suggesting in order to turn the argument back around on the person arguing, uh, asking the question, right? It's just to just kind of deflect the bullet right back at him. Like, nope, this is all about you and what a terrible person you are. Oh, really? And then kind of run off to the next question. Ha! Killer, killer blow. Savage comeback at the press conference. And, of course, all the usual garbage that gets written associated with it. So, I mean, let's give her a chance, though. She, she, might, she might be better than that. Let's see. The health threat the disease poses to anyone outside those vulnerable groups. Look, I, I really I just find it quite surprising to be at a press conference surprising. and have somebody uh, suggest that <laughs> there are very... I find it surprising that I'm at a press conference and somebody is asking me a difficult question. That's... I, I, I'm trying to be fair, but that's kind of what it sounds like, if I'm being honest. <laughs> How dare you? minor consequences to COVID-19. Uh-huh. We still have many, many people go, dying around the world and we've also had four deaths here in Australia. Um, so she answered by saying, I'm surprised by you, you're suggesting and changing the topic and then just saying how many people have died. That was her answer. <laughs> That was the answer to the question, which was, again, something along the lines of, do you think 80% vaccination rate is unrealistically high uh, according to this data, this data, and this data, yada, yada. And it's like, don't you know how many people have died? Fuck you. You know? <laughs> you're, you're an awful person for asking that question. How dare you? This is all about you and what an evil person you are. I mean, trust the science, though, right? You know, but obviously. Here at Team YouTube, we believe in trusting the experts, trusting the science. It's what we do. Not a moment missed, not an opportunity lost. Transmission that's led to death in this country all year. Mm-hmm. I'm Shouldn't here, excuse me, I am here to, to provide information to the South Australian public, not to have an argument with you over a minor point. <laughs> Again, reminder that the question is about, like, when do you think we can stop locking people up in their own homes, basically? I'm not going to have a discussion with you over a minor point. <laughs> well, while people at home, we, we did the story the other, I can't even remember now, the days are kind of melding into each other. Uh, it's a minor point. Meanwhile, you, you know, in Sydney the other day, they, they had 900,000 people who didn't even know if they were allowed to go to work or not. Oh, it's a minor point. Minor point. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I just... What I love most What I love most about the government and the health authorities is they just have so much compassion and empathy for me. They really care about me and my health. They do. They want what's best for... They're protecting me. It's really nice of them. They don't even have to do it. We pay them. Yeah, but we don't even pay them enough. Thank you. Point, the level at which we get country vaccination and reduce the alarm is not a minor point. Is 80% an unrealistically high level? Look at that. Look at that. Oh, that's see. That is, that is seething. Pure and simple. <laughs> that's a seethe right there. Staring through the back of my forehead. That's a seething. Oh, you better believe that's a seething. Look at that. It's a hell of a seat. Fucking 
give that seethe about a 9 out of 10. Very frosty. To reduce the threats of lockdowns and restrictions in this country. Mm. Thank you, Harvey. <laughs> and that, that's all I have to say to you. That's all our guts to say about that. Isn't she wonderful? So, like I said, she's developed a little bit of a little bit of a greatest hits back catalogue, this one. So I'm a big fan. And this is the latest coming out of Adelaide, which I'm sure you'll appreciate, ladies and gentlemen. See how it's all going, because, of course, the scientists are in charge. Uh, the experts are running the show. Just trust the experts. Trust the scientists. OK, do what you're told and everything's going to work out. So here's the latest. There have been chaotic scenes again at testing stations across Adelaide with wait times blowing out to more than 12 hours at some sites. Tim Yateman's at Theberton. Tim, the army's been called in to help. Sounds like it's working. <laughs> you know what? It's probably because too many people touched the football at the football game. That's probably what it was. If only they had have ducked and got out of the way, then none of this would have happened. Tell you what, I'm going to take a very, very, very quick, short little break. I'm just going to refresh my beverage and I'll do something. I'll do one more thing when we come back, but I'm going to be out of here at seven. Uh, our good friend Winning TV is doing something, probably with Victor Von Schroom. I, I don't know what he's doing. It's usually funny stuff, though. So check me out. Give him a follow. Take a very short break and be right back. Stick around. Boogie Bumper is a kangaroo boxing boomerang chucker that eats crackers in bed. There's a place that we can go to watch old things. All the warm, fuzzy member berries it brings. It's a special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of Pessie. Carry old movies and old cartoons. We hope to see you over there very soon. It's our special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Say the goddamn words, you're gonna be okay! Join me, Rusty the Iceman, Sunday night, 7 30, Standard Eastern Time, on Twitch, Twitter, Periscope, and Facebook. Hello, my name is Frozen Asian. I'm the host of the Sunday Night Shit Show. So according to a certain Virginia stoner, my last promo was a bit too long, so I'm going to try to cut this down to 30 seconds. Uh, here's what you can expect on the Sunday Night Shit Show. <laughs> promote your fucking, your fucking show. Check us out on Sundays, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on dlive.tv slash Sunday Night Shit Show. See you then. Bye. What would you say you do here? 
Some people, I remember when I was young and I worked in a warehouse and I was in my early, I was about, how old was I? I was about 20, 21. And I worked in a warehouse. I'm, guys, I'm about, I'm about, I'm about to chew gum. <laughs> you fucking know it. Um, so, so, <laughs> so, um, I forgot what I was fucking saying. Oh, you fucking Can you please, for the love of fucking God, unfuck yourself and just start doing shows? For this Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More right around this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. You gotta get back up and shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. Just had to come back. Got to show you a couple more things here very quickly, and then I'm going to scoot out of the way. Thanks for hey, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for being here. Thanks for good to see you again. It's been a good week. So good to see you again. I'll be back next week too. By the way, I think probably. Anyway, keep an. I'll tell you what. Keep an eye out. That's the best I can give you. So I just wanted to show you a couple more things before we get out of here. Um, this is a fun one. So. Because, of course, we were talking about the Medi Hotels, ladies and gentlemen, which I'm, again, very well stocked, very well staffed, and are probably very well guarded. Hopefully. Hopefully they're keeping everybody safe. Um, so we were talking about the Medi Hotels. Now, following on from that very quickly, hundreds of diners forced into Medi Hotels as South Australia scrambles. The 216 people who dined at a city restaurant or winery at the weekend, plus other members of their households were forced to go into a Medi Hotel. Winning TV with a diamond. Hero, uh, I'm glad you were back since you... It's like since you never left. Yeah, exactly. We didn't even leave. We were here the whole time. Where have you been? And there he is, by the way, our friend Phil. Give him a follow. He's on very, very soon. The state's chief public health officer, Nicholas Berrier, said the extreme measures were needed. The extreme measures were needed because both venues were super spreader sites and it was assumed there would be more COVID-19 cases emanating from them. Uh, a brother and sister in their 20s, Premier, yada, yada, yada. So we're, we're, taking, we're taking people out of their homes now and putting them into a state-run facility. And again, a quick reminder, apparently the state of emergency laws state that people can, quote, be, the, the authorities can, quote, put people in quarantine order people to undergo medical exams, tests, or treatment, compel people to give information. So that's what's going on there. And I'm sure, I'm sure everything's above board. But, you know, it's nice to know the rules. It's nice to know what's going on sometimes. Oh, God, where were we? Where was my place? Oh, no. All right, here we go. So, all right, that's worth keeping in mind. So you would think then that these Medi Hotels must be very, very safe places, right? 
Like, nothing bad could happen at one of these places, surely. Press 1 in the chat if you think that these Medi hotels, because again, here on Team YouTube, we trust the science, don't we? Do you trust the science? I know I do. Press 1 in the chat if you trust the science, like you should. Moderators will be instructed to uh, ban anybody who, who says they don't trust the science, because obviously that's a big no, that's a big naughty on the internet. Can't be a conspiracy. Oh no, Foggy, please don't. Don't. We love you around here. Don't sacrifice yourself for this. <laughs> oh no. Oh no, the twos are flowing in. It's disappointing to see some of my mods even putting two. That's very disheartening. Looks like looks like we've corralled all of the science deniers here in one place. Isn't it amazing? It would be a shame if somebody were to remove them all. <laughs> Alright. Fair enough. So you don't you don't think these places sound safe. Well, then if you put two, I am pleased to inform you that your suspicions are indeed validated. Authorities investigate possible Adelaide Medi Hotel breach and third COVID-19 exposure site connected to removalists, ladies and gentlemen. And if we scroll down, stroll down here, here we go. Quote, possible transmission in Medi Hotel. So the... So the facilities that they're taking, so they're taking, they're going to people's homes and they're taking them out of their homes. And the lady we saw was in an ambulance with a police escort, whisked away. Okay, two weeks. This is where you live now for the next two weeks. So sorry about that. No, can't stay in your own home. Too dangerous, too risky. Got to have you in here where it's nice and safe. So in one of these facilities now, there's now an investigation uh, South Australia Health has also flagged a possible case of local transmission in an Adelaide Medi Hotel. So they're whisking them in there under police escort and then they're getting it anyway. <laughs> wow, it all seems worth it, doesn't it? Anyway. On that note, ladies and gentlemen... <laughs> have fun at the Medi Hotel I guess on that I'm out of here thanks for hanging with us this week uh, I'll see you again next week stick around for winning TV follow all of our friends stay calm stay rational God bless we'll see you soon bye